this week in sparkling water. My name is Iwa Kameaxon and I'm the host of This Week in Sparkling Water. We're trying something new today <laughs> for the first time. This is episode 66 and for the first time I'm recording two episodes in one day. This morning I woke up and <clears throat> I made myself an enormous iced coffee over ice, a little bit of half and half. And then I took a shower and then I started recording recording a podcast and then I had to re- then I recorded until I ran out of time and had to go to work. And then I worked for seven hours and then I got off work just now and I got a Reuben sandwich at the Briar Patch Food Co-op. I ate the Reuben and now I'm back up here. I don't know, it's like, it's an experiment, you know, to see, to see if my energy is different, but my energy is obviously different, but just like, what does it mean? You know, what's, what's, what's a morning brain versus an an evening brain? Cause I, I think I've said this before. I have this really, I have a fascination with this idea that I really want to do an episode where I hit record the mo- <laughs> it's so stupid the moment i wake up <laughs> it's such a bad idea it's so stupid which is why i've never been able to do it i want to hit record just moment i want to just roll out of bed it's honestly it's way more unrealistic now that i do video because i feel like i have to be a little bit showered for the video um but when i just did audio i could have done it in bed and and just the, 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 I, I'm, for some reason I'm fascinated with like the, like how your voice starts out different. And then if you just wake up and start talking right away, for the first 10 minutes, your voice will be in constant flux before it finds itself 10 minutes in as everything wakes up and as your brain wakes up and just the thoughts right when you wake up are just so spongy. And I don't know. I have a misplaced fascination with that because I don't know that it would actually be a very good episode, but, but I really feel like doing a waking up episode and then, um, now we're doing a, a good morning episode and a good night episode. That's what this is. I think we should just start with the water. Cause last time the water was such an, in the good morning episode, the waters were a afterthought. So what we have here is Sifo, Sifo brand, lemon lime, naturally flavored sparkling water. Reverse osmosis purified, which is such a funny, sciency sounding word, reverse osmosis. And the cool thing here is, and I was bad at mentioning this last time I did a Sifo, the Sifo is bought at a Publix brand grocery store, which is a store I've never been to, which is maybe a Florida-only thing, but people in Florida love Publix. Um, Brie. Brie of the Lavernes bought this um, lemon, lime, lemon lime sparkling water, and she put it in her Subaru, and she drove... 
2,000 miles, 20,000 miles, who knows, miles, you know, a bushel of miles all the way to California. And she brought this to me so I could review it on the pod. And <sighs> that's a beautiful thing of her to do. Sodium free. Let's smell it. That smells good, bro. Lemon lime. Lemon lime, there's something really unpretentious with lemon lime because it's like lemon lime is like you're not trying to be very – because lemon lime together is actually delicious, but pretentious people like to um, stick to one of them. Wow, beautiful bubbles here. Beautiful, big, generous bubbles. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. That is just wonderful. That is so unpretentious. And just someone who has actual good taste and isn't worried about nothing. Oh, shouts out to Publix. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. Um... There's a thing I wanted to talk about because, I don't know, it just made me think of this weird thing and it's like so abstract and I, <sighs> I had an interaction with a guest at the restaurant and I'm going to try to tell the story in a really concrete way and include specificities because I think that my takeaway from it is so abstract. That you might not even understand. You might not even understand what I'm saying. Excuse me. The burping, the constant burping there gave me a little bit of a Russian accent for a second there. And I want to apologize. I want to apologize to all my listeners in Russia. Um, <clears throat> so, this is a few days ago. I'm at the restaurant and I'm working with Sarah. Now, Sarah is, I love Sarah. She's such a fucking cool person, and she's a sweetheart. And she is like 19 years old or something like that, super young. And she, I think she was like a busser and maybe a host, and then now she got some serving shifts. And she's my little sis, you know? I have so many, working in restaurants, I've developed so many good, like, sibling-esque relationships because you end up with a lot of support staff that's, like, super young, and I'm, like, mid-30s now. Okay, the fan just came on, but I'm not going to worry about it. Um, oh, it's hard not to worry about it. Uh, yeah, anyway. Just have, I'm just, Sarah is, Sarah's great. And then Sarah does a lot of beautiful things for me. And, and it's a little bit like restaurant work is a little bit stressful and it's a little bit tough. So you like, you build a certain, like when you're stressed out and you stretch yourself to do someone else a favor and then they are stressed out and then they go above and beyond to do you a favor. You do develop a certain bond there that's real nice and beautiful. It's a little bit like going to war. You know, it's the same idea. It's just like you suffer a little bit. You suffer a little bit for each other. You sacrifice a little bit for each other. 
and then you just develop this thing where you feel like there's just a byproduct of it where you feel like you can be real honest about stuff because you've been through this thing and you've looked into someone's heart and they've like suffered and then they just like took a little bit more suffering to make your life a little bit easier and then you you did that right back to them and, and it's just like now you feel like you can talk real honestly about stuff and you there's some intimacy there and it's real nice it's real nice it's a really nice way to build a friendship i am um, you know to be really good friends you almost really have to do like not it's not the only way but one really beautiful way to be intimate friends is to do something together and it's why people do stuff and it's i remember when i was in shanghai i was doing a little bit of amateur theater and and it's like to do that you have to it's a little bit of suffering like you have to sit there at home and you have to fucking study your lines and memorize all this like a book full of fucking words and you have to memorize the whole thing and then you're really stressed out because you have to go on stage and and then you have to like do the same thing over and over and over even when you don't want to do it you have to rehearse over and over and over until you get to a point where you can express something with it because you're so comfortable with it and and then through all of that that process of suffering and pushing yourself to do something that you don't really want to do in the moment and doing that in a group you just develop this sort of intimacy that where you just have this thing that there's people that I did certain stage theater things with in Shanghai and I never talked to those people ever again but if I ever saw them again I'd just be like I'd feel real good about it and we just there'd just be this knowing nod and it's real nice you know and that goes out to anyone who does anything ah fucking injection site dude I can't even remember if I said this on the morning pod but like on Monday homie bro I got my Pfizer booster shot, and dude, it fucked me up. I got the shot at 3 p.m. on Monday. Luckily, so I had Monday, Tuesday off. Luckily, I got it on my first day off. So I get it at 3 p.m. on Monday. And then 3 a.m., 12 hours later, I just wake up. My body is hurting. However I turn, it just feels like I'm laying wrong, and my bones are just scratching against each other. And I just keep shifting and moving, and it was awful. And um, just my body was just hurting. And then my stomach started churning. And I felt so hot and so cold at the same time. Like, I got so mad at Javi for having the AC on and making it too hot, but it was also too cold in the room. <laughs> and, um, and then at 6 a.m., I started throwing up. I was like vomiting from a fucking booster i vomited just a couple of times i'm being dramatic but really i i feel like i stared down the the barrel of death but and then my body hurt and i played video games for the day but it was real lucky that i didn't have to go to work that day but the injection site the, the shoulder still hurts a little bit but but it was good it was like you know i'm happy to have that done because i i think I'm I'm still staying hopeful that I can stay completely COVID free, that I can just ride out this entire pandemic without ever getting COVID. Because, you know, I I fucking lean away from people and I I keep the bubble kind of small and I I stay real healthy. Anyway, here's what I was gonna say. Me and Sarah were working as servers a couple of days ago, and. Um, 
she is uh, a little bit busy and I wasn't busy at all. And she's still a young new server who doesn't have the same level of experience and skill that I have. And I really want to support her and bring her up because she really helps me so much. And I fucking love this woman. So she's busy and I'm just hanging out and I'm like, just tell me what to do. Like, you want me to go talk to some people? I'll take some orders for you. I'll, I'll put them in under your account so that you get to keep all the money or whatever. Like, let's just, you know, I don't have anything better to do. Like, you're always helping me make money. I'll help you make money. It's all good. So, um, I do a little favors for her. We're kind of hanging out and then she like, is too busy. So there's this table that she just doesn't have time for. So, um, she's like, take this table. Take table 32. So I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'll take the order. I'll do it under your account. It's all good. So I go over there and I I pour some water for them and I greet them. And I'm like, you know, welcome. Tell me if I can explain anything. And they're like, yeah, we just sat down. Which is like, <laughs> I hate it when people say that. I hate it when people say that. It's so like, I'm just saying ho hello, you know? Like, I'm just getting you some water so you can drink water while you look at the menu. Like, relax. Like, you don't have to point out the fact that you just sat down. And I hate it so much that I frequently, if I go over too soon, will say out loud, I know that you just sat down, but, you know, I'm here for you if you have any questions or if there's anything on the menu that I can describe or, you know, whatever you want, I'm here for you. No rush. I will mention the whole thing of how you just sat down. Um... Because I'm sensitive about it. <laughs> I don't know why it's such a stupid thing to be sensitive about. So then I'm I'm just like walking around, you know, nothing's going on. And then um, I just go back over there after a while. And what did the lady say? Well, at this point, I'm noticing that she is... She says she needs more time to look at the menu. And at this point, I'm noticing that she's not skimming the menu the way normal people do. She's reading the menu. Like she is using her finger and running her finger across each line and reading every single word on the menu, which is not usually how people do it. But, you know, it's honorable. I frequently, when I'm in a restaurant, I feel rushed and I just feel like I don't really know what I'm doing and I don't understand everything on the menu and I, I just don't know what would be the best thing for me? Like, I just don't know. And I would love to accidentally order the perfect thing that I would like the most. And I feel like if I had infinite amounts of time with the menu, maybe I could get closer to that answer. And often I feel rushed. So I respect her reading every single word on the menu. It's not the longest menu. It's a one pager, you know? So it's all good. Like I'm letting this lady read and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, no rush at all. You know, I'm here for you. Whatever. If you, if there's anything I can explain or anything. And uh, at this point, I'm already feeling like I'm bothering them. Because she's like, yeah, I need more time. So I go away and I'm like, Sarah, you want this table? Or like, you want this table back? Because at this point, Sarah's like caught up and she's less stressed. And maybe I'm just going to give this table back to Sarah. Um, but Sarah's like not really ready yet. So I'm hanging out and then I, I go over there one more time and it's like, 
and this is a three-peat, you know? They're fucking not ready. And I waited like another five minutes and go back over and they're not ready. And she's like, yeah, we're not. A little bit more time is what she said to me. And I'm like, fuck. At that point, it's so awkward that I'm like, Sarah, I'm not, I'm not going back there. I am not going back to this table. It's your table now. It's been like 15 minutes. You're not busy anymore. Just take this table. Because it's so awkward to just hover and just stress these people out. So then I don't even think about it and I don't have any tables and I'm just kind of hanging out. And then later on, I'm um, walking through the restaurant and they wave me down, okay? And, and then the thing that the lady says to me is, she goes, they're sitting in the middle of the dining room, surrounded by tables, surrounded by diners eating, you know. And the first question she has for me is, do you have a restaurant here? And this is a very confusing question, but, but people ask things and they word things weirdly and they, they, people are just a little bit like communication is not perfect, you know? It's like this thing that me and Dr. Luke always talk about this, about how in movies, like the biggest movie trope, that's the biggest unrealistic thing about movies and television shows that is unaddressed is how in movies and television shows, everyone is always saying everything in a completely sane, not sane, but what's the word? Like just a very sensical, logical way. And then someone will respond something that's an actual response to what was said. And they will use correct grammar and they will enunciate. And you can hear what they're saying and what they're hearing. What they're saying is like a clearly explained response to what was said. And like an idea is put forth in every line. And it's like, there's like this quality to it that we don't have in reality. Because in reality, we're such muddle brains. And Dr. Luke always brings it up in terms of like him as a doctor in a hospital. Like there's so many television shows and movies that are like set in hospitals. And the things, the thing that all of those miss is like anyone who's a patient in a hospital, it's like completely delirious. Like you almost never have a good conversation with a patient who's quite sick because they're always like anyone who's quite sick is like has something wrong with them in their head. It's like a weird unaddressed thing that like like people who like have their shit together in their mind will take care of their bodies and not end up in the hospital so much and then the people who end up always having to go back to the hospital are people who are like it's not really making sense what's going on so you're kind of like you know what i really need a lens wipe my glasses are like so um so i say all of that just to say that like oftentimes people in reality, when, when you do customer service, you really have to sort of look past the words that they're using and try to look into their soul and see, what is this lady trying to ask me? So when she, when this lady is asking me, do you have a restaurant here? I'm trying to be charitable and I'm trying to be like, maybe she's wondering about what kind of restaurant we are, you know? Like, what's going on here? Like, like what is this, you know? Maybe she just wants some open-ended information. So I start talking a little bit about the concept, like, yes. So this is like, the menu is like an early California-inspired menu. You know, when California was controlled by Mexico, so it's a little bit Mexican-inspired. Uh, you know, we make everything from scratch. Everything is locally sourced. It's sort of Mexican-inspired, early California-inspired, because the building is a very early California building that's like 170 years old. You know, I talk about the concept a little bit. And then she's all like, 
acting annoyed as if I'm like, as if there's something outrageous going on. And then she's like, but so is there a bar? Like what's downstairs? Is there a bar? And her questions are starting to come out in this very like aggrieved way. And it's so hard for me to put my finger on like, or like to figure out, because people are annoyed all the time and they usually have a pretty good reason to be annoyed because the world is not perfect. And when I know what the problem is and why they're annoyed, I can sort of like start working my way back towards a solution. But with this, I'm like really sort of bobbing and weaving and trying to figure out like, lady, I'm not exactly sure what the problem is here. So I start explaining, like, yes, so the downstairs is called the Iron Door. It's like a speakeasy-style, like, cocktail lounge. It's, like, beautifully uh, restored. It's, like, it has a really rich history, you know. The, it's called the Iron Door because it used to be this bar where they had these iron doors for fire safety. So the whole town would burn down, but the Iron Door would still be there. And, and you know, it's a full bar. It's downstairs. It's So I'm, she's still like, but so the restaurant, like there's a restaurant. Is there a restaurant? And I'm like, yeah. So the restaurant, it's called the Golden Gate Saloon. And then the downstairs is called the Iron Door. And then the whole hotel is called the Holbrook Hotel. And I'm trying to explain the concepts and like the different things, inspirations that we draw from things. And I'm trying to keep it a high level thing, you know, where I'm just trying to be like, say exactly what my manager would like me to say. And this lady is just so annoyed. And then I'm starting to be like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> for some reason, I got the feeling that she was annoyed that it had two different names, that the downstairs and the upstairs are two different names. And, you know, I try to be so charitable with people. And when they're annoyed, I try to just acknowledge what they think the problem is and just be like, yeah, you know, that is a problem, you know? Someone orders an Irish coffee and it's not good and I'm happy to be like, yeah, we don't do Irish coffees very well. And I'm I'm happy to acknowledge that and I'm happy to take this off your check and take this back and we're going to get you something that we do do very well because it's kind of unrealistic to expect anyone to do everything very well, you know? So it's all good. Like, just, just acknowledge what the problem is and and we're going to we're gonna get this sorted. And and in this case, so what I'm, what I'm getting a sense is I'm getting the sense that she's annoyed that there's two brands and I try to be charitable and I try to calm myself down because this lady is like getting aggressive to me asking if there is a restaurant while she's see- seated in the middle of a restaurant, like aggressively asking me if there's a restaurant over and over. But not, look, the whole point of this is she wasn't incoherent. She was just a little bit rude about it. And she repeated herself a little bit more than, than what seemed totally kosher. So, and, and the thing that I was trying to calm myself down about was like, I also get annoyed sometimes. Like, I'm annoyed that there's, um, that there's Coca-Cola light and Coke zero. And like Coca-Cola light is a gray can that's like all these soft colors and soft branding and it's like, branded towards women and then there's coke zero and it's like a black can and it's like cool and it's hard and it's like for men and it's like two brands but it's the same product and you're just doing the silly thing of splitting it off into two brands for for manipulation reason we're really it's like bro you have one product like stop it with all the like tiresome brainwashing that you're trying to do it just relax and like just be straightforward about things and like i actually found 
a super hilarious knockoff of it where at Safeway, Safeway, the grocery store has their in-house brand signature select. And right now there is two sugar-free signature select colas. And one is black and has all this manly um, aesthetic graphics on it. And one is gray. And it's like they just stole that whole annoying thing of taking one product and splitting it off into two brands just to be able to address to what is what in like focus groups is perceived as two very different demographics or whatever. Like, and it's just such a like, I don't know, the postmodern world in a, the Pomo thing, you, you want to just move away from that because it feels so obvious and blunt and stupid. So I'm trying to, with this lady, I'm trying to be charitable and I'm like, yeah, it's got two names, you know, it's, it's got two names, but yes, it's just one kitchen, you know, it's slightly different menus, but because she keeps being like, so are they different? Are they different? And it's like, yeah, okay, they're not totally different. Like, it's a full bar, both of them. You know, it's the same signature cocktail, same house special cocktails. Uh, it's the same physical kitchen. It's kind of different menus. It's like a smaller bar bite menu downstairs. Yeah. Uh, yes, we have two different names. Yes, it's a little bit silly. But it's, it's and I'm trying to be defensive. I'm trying to, like, acknowledge her thing. And then... She just like rolls her eyes at me in this rude way. And it's like, lady, what, what's the problem here? Like, what's the problem? What, what am I doing wrong? And it's these like very well-dressed people in their early 60s, maybe. And then the gentlemen, then they sort of move away from that. And now they're ready. And then the gentleman orders the drinks. And he goes like this. He looks down. And he sort of mumbles and he says the order super, super quickly. And this is a very, very strange thing that people, I don't know that I've ever had anyone else do. And it felt like he was on a mission to have me not hear him so that he could get the wrong thing so that he could be mad at me. Because he looks down and he mumbles like... Uh, yeah, the lady will have a Grey Goose Martini up lemon, you know, lemon twist, not dirty, blah, 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 and I'll have a Grey Goose Martini on the box, lemon twist, just lemon, yeah. Just like some sort of drink order that's like real specific with like a martini or something, two Grey Goose drinks, one of them is a martini and they have all these modifications. And I'm just like over here like, dude, what are you doing? Like at this point, I'm like, I'm like being like, sir, hold on here. Like, what do you, like, at this point, I'm like getting a little bit like, bro, repeat that back to me. I didn't hear what you were saying. I don't know why you're mumbling on purpose. Like I find you, I, I, at this point, I'm like, I'm getting annoyed. Like I want, I almost want to be, you know, it goes back to this thing that I'm keep coming back to about how I need to be more connected to my anger. And I think I'm getting better at it because in the past, I think I would be, because this is a, honestly, this is a situation of being mistreated. Like these people are mistreating me throughout this conversation. They're like just rudely talking to me. They're rolling their eyes. They're with everything. They're going like this, like I'm doing something wrong. And like everything I'm saying is so stupid. And then he like, wants me to fuck something up so he uh, sets his order like that and I have worked on my anger and being connected to my anger and not because in the past it would just come out as anxiety I would just look at myself and how I fucked this up and how I'm doing everything wrong and I would just feel really anxious about it all and then now I, I was starting to feel annoyed 
like in real time with this old man who's like, like, what's your problem here? Like, why are you mumbling your drink away from me like this? And then the lady is like, I'll have the tuna tostada. So the tuna tostada, for those who don't know, for those who don't work with me, <laughs> it's a blue corn tortilla, a crispy tortilla, locally sourced from a, you know, fucking, I honestly, I don't, can't remember what the corn tortilla company is called, but anyway, it's in Grass Valley. The point is, it's a, it's a, it's a taco-sized crispy blue corn tortilla that we spread a little bit of guac on, and then we layer on that, like, slaw, and then, like, some sashimi-grade ahi tuna, uh, some what in in um, sushi in the sushi world we, we would call it akami, like the red flesh of a yellowfin tuna, and then cubed up avocado, and then more slaw, and then more avocado, and then more tuna, and we layer it and build it into this big tall pyramid, and then some microgreens on top, and then a wedge of lime on the side, and this is like this simple sashimi slaw guacamole appetizer that you squeeze some lime on it's fresh it's beautiful it's simple you know so it's a cold dish and so i explain this to them what it is and and i explain that we can't actually cook the sashimi to be well done because it's like it's a it's not a dish like that at all it's a cold dish like we don't cook it and and yeah, you know, they asked me about the branzino. They asked me about the other fish dish. They, they, um, they were. They kept being unhappy about everything, and then they, the gentleman just stands up. And the whole point of everything that they did is that they kept it right at the line of like if they had been ruder and louder and made weirder noises, just a little bit more. They would have been so weird that I would dismiss the whole thing as them having like pretty clear unaddressed mental health issues. But they kept it right, 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 right. They walked all the way up to the line and never crossed the line. So they, at every point, they seemed like people who are actually part of society. And so that man stands up real violently and his chair almost falls over. And if his chair had fallen over, the whole thing would have been a farce. And it w he would have looked so silly. And I would have dismissed the whole thing, but his chair didn't fall over. It just shot back. And he just like screams like, or, or says loudly, oh, we don't like it. And the lady is like, I can't eat the, suit, the tuna raw. It's like, lady, people eat tuna raw all day, bro. <laughs> so, so they sort of like, he's like, oh, we don't like it. And the whole thing is like they just didn't like anything and they are storming out. And then I already have this martini order and I'm like so connected with my anger at this point that I even um, got a little bit like – like I was trying to make fun of them and I'm like such a wuss that I like didn't. But so I was trying to be like, okay, so this martini order, like, are we canceling? Like, as they're walking away, I'm like, so you want these martinis? Or like, what are we doing here? Are you guys walking away from me? 
and I was trying to make fun of them, and, and I don't think that that landed very much with them. But the thing is that that night, I fucking couldn't sleep because I felt so insulted by them. They got under my skin. Like, they were just so rude from beginning to end. And they just, like, got to me. Because, like, I tried. I was clearly trying so hard and answering everything, answering these ridiculous questions with these super tailor-made perfect answers. Oh. And they just shit all over me. Over and over. At every part of the conversation, this shit all over me. And honestly, after the thing, I walked up to Sarah, who I was doing a favor, taking a table in her section, and I was just like, bro, I just took like the biggest hit for the team here. Because that was the worst guest interaction I've had in weeks. And they were so rude. And I feel fucking devastated right now. And Sarah was like, oh, fuck. Because Sarah has this idea where she thinks I'm like real impenetrable and real good at it and stuff. And I, do, I like I don't really give a shit and I don't really get stressed out and things don't really get to me and stuff. So she's like, oh, my God, if it got to you, it would have like I would have been crying. It's like probably. <laughs> I don't know. Like people cry a lot in restaurants. Restaurant workers cry all the time. Um, let's have a little bit more sifo. So. Um, I was, I was really struggling to explain to people though what, because it's a very I, I even now I feel like I'm not really conveying it, but it's a very hard story to um, compress because it's like oh they asked about the restaurant rudely like how do you ask rudely about the restaurant, but they managed to they just asked like. Yeah, I was trying to explain to my coworkers like they were so rude and like they were like how what did they say and I'm like well they. They asked what's downstairs, rudely. It's like, how? They said they wanted the tuna well done, and then they screamed, I don't like it, and, and said, I can't eat the tuna raw. And everyone was like, well, that's fucking weird. Oh, that's a delicious water that honestly tastes a lot like the lemon-lime Luka and Ramlösa back in Sweden. Sifo, Publix, very good. So, um... The thing that this brought up for me that's more abstract is how it, living in America, slightly more living in a big city than in a small town. It's, this is less of a thing now. But living in, in any big city in America, you're constantly, you're co- uh, frequently, excuse me, you're frequently having to deal with people suffering from homelessness. And people suffering from homelessness who are clearly also dealing with um, unaddressed mental health issues. People who are aggressive and perhaps violent-seeming and unpredictable, and they're scary. And they come up to you and they scream things at you on the street and they say mean things. And the thing about all of those people... And sometimes they come into restaurants and sometimes people are just really crazy and they come into restaurants and they say, they, they say, they say rude things and they're rude and they're crazy. And when people, and like, we're not supposed to use the word crazy, but like here I just mean good old fashioned crazy. And it's like, when someone is clearly crazy, it's so easy to dismiss everything. And you don't get offended. 
You don't get offended when a crazy person says something offensive to you. You just, you, you switch into a different mode of like defensiveness and trying to be, um, it's more about safety. Like with, with a crazy homeless person, you're more like, like they, they call, come up to you and they call you a fat, ugly bitch. And you're more like looking if they have a knife in their hand or something. And you kind of like try to go to the other side of the street and you're trying to be safe. But it's like, at no point of that, are you like asking yourself, am I a stupid, fat, ugly bitch? Just because that crazy homeless person called me a stupid, fat, ugly bitch. But with someone who has their shit together enough that you feel like they are part of the social contract social contract of society, they have the power to hurt your feelings when they say something rude because you feel like you are... I don't know. You know? It feels like it means something. And then the most hurtful thing is the people that... It's funny because the last episode was about how the... The last episode was also about the most hurtful thing. The good morning episode was about how the most hurtful things can are clearly said by the people who know us most intimately. But it's also true that hurtful things are said by people who are... have some amount of mental health issues, but where they can keep it in the bag enough that they seem normal and they, yeah, I don't know. And then, and then I was skimming through the Wall Street Journal and I read this headline. uh, This is the headline. Restaurants and hotels are forced to push back against the uptick in customer tantrums. It's like, we we're just all kind of losing it. Like, you know, and then the article starts, a surge in toxic customers and poor behavior has prompted many restaurants to rethink the adage that the customer is always right. <sighs> and maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe the, the, um, maybe curve had just kind of dislodged a lot of things in us and we just sort of lost a little, like whatever level of connection we had before, we became a little bit more disconnected and, and we struggled a little bit more. And, and yeah, I don't know. These, what I'm, the point of what these people showed me is like they exist in the borderlands between crazy and not crazy. And they get away with convincing you that they're not crazy. So you trust them enough to listen to their opinion as if it's the opinion of a sane person and then they take advantage of that belief in your mind and say something mean to you and it fucked me up and I couldn't sleep that night I was up all night that night I went to bed at like midnight because it was an early night like I got off work at like 8 30 p.m after that interaction with those two people that were rude to me got off work at 8 p.m had a fucking sandwich, went to bed at midnight, and then at 4 a.m. I'm still laying there like, fuck those people. And I did that for Sarah, and I'd do that for Sarah again. I'd do that for Sarah tomorrow, and fuck, I'll do that for Sarah every day because she would cry and it's fine. I can do it all. I don't, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I care just to write them out. That's what I always tell people that like the best 
the best people in this kind of job, like a stressful customer service job, where you're trying to please people, like working at the White Lotus, the best hotel worker at the White Lotus cares to, right in between, where you care just enough to get them fresh duvets, but you don't really give a shit, you know? Because if you really give a shit, you get stressed out. And guests have the best experience with someone who cares right in between, you know? Right in between, right? That's that Goldilocks sweet spot of giving a shit. Let's do another water. Uh, so this is Bubbler, antioxidant sparkling water. We've reviewed like fucking 15 million of these and they're all shit. So this flavor is Lemon Lime Twister, and there is no E in Twister. They replaced it with an apostrophe or whatever that fucking thing is called in English. Smells like the whole fucking periodic table. Oh, no, 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 no. It smells like one row of the periodic table, and it tastes like absolutely every single chemical in existence blended together in a lemon-lime twister. That's what the twister is. This is bromium, bromium, tenacium, you know, George Lucasium, all of them blended together. That's awful. Yeah, we had some... We honestly had some rough nights at Holbrook recently. Like, we had some plumbing issues where, like, a dishwasher would break. There would be some flooding. There would be some, like, fucking repairman in the restaurant in the middle of service on a Friday night. Oh, shit. I just knocked the mic over. Then I had this one, yeah, I had this one difficult shift on Friday where... Shit was just not going well. And then at the end of the shift, she was just such a struggle. And Kelly, the bartender, she told me it was the most difficult shift she's ever done there. Because she's behind the bar and she has four repairmen behind the bar in the middle. Like at 8 p.m. on a Friday in a restaurant full of people with like 16 tickets. Each ticket is like four drinks she has to make. make. And each cocktail, like a martini, there's no fucking fast-tracking a martini. It's like you have to make a martini... You have to follow certain steps making a martini. And there's no way to batch them and make 10 of them. Like, you can maybe make two of them. But when you have to make 60 drinks, it just takes a long-ass time. And then there's people in your space, and you don't even have access to running water. And it just, drinks were taking like an hour, and everyone was so angry. And the whole evening, we just like, we just had to, give everything away for free for, to everyone because it's just like, look, after you, it takes an hour to get someone a cocktail, you can't charge them for it. So, so it's just this shit night of just like constantly explaining to everyone that this is not going to be going well. Just right as they sit down, I'm like, just so you know, we're having some issues. Any cocktail sort of thing will take an hour. About a beer, like a beer, I can try to get it going myself and, and get it to you quicker. And, and that's what I would do. I would like, if they ordered a beer, I would like just straight up 
go downstairs to the closed down bar that was flooded in the basement and just clomp around in the water and just go up to the beer tap and just like pour myself the beer and then just walk upstairs with some wet fucking shoes and get and put the beer in front of them and be like, here, I fucking did this. And then at the end of that very difficult shift, there was this lady who came up to me and she was like a beautiful, like Middle Eastern woman who's like maybe in her early 30s. She was, she just looked like a fucking lawyer or something. She had this like beautiful sort of mustard top, like a sweater, like a really expensive looking mustard color, mustard colored sweater. And she just told me that I was super handsome. And then I couldn't take the compliment. And she said, no, no, you are really handsome. And then like, she kept being like, why aren't you, why don't you just take the compliment? And I just didn't know how to. I don't, I didn't know how to be a, just be a fucking mature, real person with something. And, and she just kept saying it over and over, like, no, you're handsome. And I kept joking and I kept being like, yeah, my mom thinks I'm handsome. Like, yeah, I don't think I'm handsome next to this bartender because our bartender is like a super handsome guy. And I just kept joking and like deflecting and walking away. And she just kept following me and being like, look, like, just take this. And then she like stood really close to me and she was like, oh, wow, like being this close to you like really gets me going. And she said all that and the whole thing was like, <sighs> like she was clearly like, I don't even know that if that's something you would even call flirting because it's kind of a beyond flirting. But like it was clearly a situation where if I had had my wits about me, I would have been like, so... um can I give you my phone number and like, can I have your phone number? Like, could I, you know, maybe take you out for a nice dinner one day? Like, you know, could I maybe like, do you want to hang out sometime? That's what people say. Like, that's what I hear people say when they like ask each other out. Like, you want to hang out sometime? <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, that's so stupid. Like, bro, you're not hanging out. If you're you're not hanging out if you're about to kiss like two hours in. Like that's not hanging out, dude. That's a date. <laughs> Hobby's always saying that. He's always like Yeah, I met this girl and I got her number and we're gonna hang out. It's like, bro, you're not gonna hang out. Like Javi, you and me hang out. Hanging out is like when you play video games and and you don't kiss. And the thing is that I didn't ask this girl for her number and I didn't give her my number and I was just being weird and stupid and annoying and deflecting and I just kept walking off and maybe even insulting her and acting totally weird. But really, I'm like completely single and she seemed so age appropriate for me and she seemed like a real person with a real career and she seemed so nice and I just was a coward. I was a coward. And she caught me on an off day, like when I was just already feeling so shit about just, I was just feeling so devastated about like having had a whole evening of just apologizing to people and just explaining to people that all of our plumbing is broken. We can't do anything. And like, I'm sorry. We no, none of that is available. I'm sorry. It all broke down at the same time. Like, I'm sorry. We don't have I'm like, yes, I'm sorry. I know everything's taking forever. I'm sorry. And just like a room full of people that are annoyed. And there's that hour and hours and hours and hours of dealing with that. And then at the end of that, this lady comes at me with this thing and I just didn't have it in me. 
And then after that, it was the same thing as those two people that just got to me. After that, dude. I don't know. I mean, the interaction with the mustard-colored sweater girl, that wasn't even that long. Woman. She was a woman. She was in her 30s. That wasn't even that long of an interaction. It was like five minutes. But, dude, it stuck with me. And I just felt like such a loser afterwards. Like, whatever good thing my higher power... God damn it, I wish I actually believed in a higher power like that. Whatever good thing the randomness of the universe will fucking accidentally drop in front of me... I just will always self-sabotage my way away from it. Like, I will never have anything good. Fuck. Dude, I felt so bad. The only thing that made me feel better was I went back of house, and I I stood in the kitchen, and I just looked at Isaac, and I just explained what had happened to him, and I didn't sugarcoat it. I, I just was like, dude, I was just a pussy. Like, I was just a fucking coward. I just wussed out. And she wanted me to not wuss out. And I just wussed out. And she did all the heavy lifting. Like she said these very courageous things. Like it's scary to say to someone, I think you're good looking. Like that's so scary. <sighs> because you can get rejected and that's, I, I rejected her basically. Like she doesn't understand that I thought she was incredibly beautiful. And I didn't, I didn't want to reject her. And it was not her fault. It was just me being in my stuff, you know. <clears throat> but it's scary. And she did all that heavy lifting and I couldn't even lift anything. All I had to do was do the tiniest little thing and I couldn't do it. And then Isaac was like, yeah, relate. Hard relate. Always do that. Always do that. Always self-sabotage. I'm always a coward. Always, even when people want it, it's like I can't do it. It's like I just, I just, it's, I'm just, I just feel like a loser all the time because I, pussy out and it's like I just looked at Isaac and was like well at least at least it's you and me Isaac and I felt a little bit better bro that reminds me of this other thing that in the good morning episode <laughs> it's funny how these are sort of sister episodes this good night episode and the good morning episode in the good morning episode I talked about how I had a long video call with Julie yesterday and she <clears throat> She told me a story. <sighs> about how she's sensitive about stuff sometimes. Because she used to be really weird in middle school. And in middle school she had these experiences where... Two different times in middle school a guy asked her out and she said yes and then the guy said psych and they were just kidding and they did it like in front of people and they did it to humiliate her and um when she said that i i i was obviously anyone who's Anyone who is a real true fan of the podcast and listens to it all will know <laughs> what I'm going to say now. Because what I'm going to say is it's obviously the movie Up and how in the movie Up there's this portrayal of like core memories from childhood that turn into these like rock hard thing at the center of your psychology where an entire thing blooms out from it. And as you grow up, like a big part of your entire psychology 
sort of had its root in that one moment, like an entire forest grows from that one thing. And um, my thing that I talked about in some fucking episode was obviously like when I was in third grade and and I we had geography class and I said, uh, we were talking about fucking Thailand or something. And I was like, well, my grandparents were in Bali and they bought me a hat. And I had said that every single day for a whole week. I always talked about my grandparents and how they had been to Southeast Asia. And then Christian, who was sitting in the first row, turned around and looked at me and said, we don't give a fuck about your grandparents. No one here gives a shit about your fucking grandparents. Stop talking about them. It's fucking boring as fuck. And that devastated me and turned into a big part of my psychology. And then Julie had these similar... Things there. How well, how is that related? I mean, it's rejection and stuff, I guess. Yeah. It's rejection. God, it's such a like. I live in such a fucking made up fantasy world because I now I'm like, oh, I should have just asked that mustard sweater lady out and and then I would be, you know, on track to start a family with her now. And she's a lawyer and we'll buy a house and it'll be all good. But I think someone told me she's married and she probably is just crazy and wants to like have an affair. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, let's not pretend like there's some perfect world that, that I'm missing out on. <laughs> the green, the grass is always so much greener. So let's try another water. Um, so this is Spindrift Lemon, you know, everyone knows about Spindrift and most people know about lemon. Let's smell it. What's the percentage of juice? Do they tell you? 3% juice, sparkling water. That's it. 3% fresh squeezed lemon juice. These spindrifts, man. I, I don't know why I hated them for so long. I think I had one. It was bad. Like, maybe the grapefruit was bad. I, I think I accidentally the first one I had was a shitty one. And it just turned me off from it forever. Hmm. That's not the best, actually. But it's... Because it's like a little bit of a bitter kind of lemon. Like, it, there's something a little bit unfresh about it, but... Yeah. It expires in one year, so... No excuses there. Um... Yeah. I think maybe the last thing I just want to talk about is like, I um, had this memory come back to me from like seventh and eighth grade. And um, it's like a memory that's like, it was kind of a big thing in my mind back in the day. So I've thought about it many times in my life, but now I think about it so differently because it's like, let's try to say this thing in slightly anonymous ways because I don't want to humiliate too many people here, but um, <clears throat> there was this girl when I was in like seventh grade, there was this girl that I, we were very, very close friends and I had a crush on her and it never like, we never, it never 
turned into a thing like that, really. And I have sort of mentioned her before a little bit. And But the point is that we spent a lot of time together. We hung out a lot. And now I feel super defensive and I feel like I have to like, like I have to sound cool and I have to mention right up front that like I did get to make out with her one time. Like there was this one time when we went on a trip and we got a little bit drunk and we like made out because we were like sleeping on different beds in the same room and then we like were on the same bed and we were like kind of making out and I like sort of rubbed on her pussy a little bit. Does that make me a cool guy? Is everyone super impressed with me now? Good. Glad to hear it. God, I'm such a fucking loser. Anyway, the point is that I spent a lot of time with her and then... um, My dad's an alcoholic and her dad's an alcoholic. And our dads were very different types of alcoholics. And I never realized it. Or it's like... No, it's not that I never realized. It's just like... Oh, there were certain things about... It made no sense to me at the time. Because he was the type of alcoholic who would get absolutely shit-faced and just pass out anywhere in his house. And he had a wife and a daughter. And he would just be passed out on the floor in any room. And they would just be like, so lost as to what to do with it. And he would just be like that every night. And then he was like in this sort of hard denial about it, where he just was like, no, I don't drink too much. And he would just like be passed out in his underwear on the floor. And then she would tell me like, how she would even like take pictures of him, passed out in his underwear on the floor. And... And then show him those pictures when he was sober. And he would be like, that's not me. And he was like this real successful guy. Like there was, it's interesting how alcoholism is so rich because everything about him and my dad, everything is different. Like my dad was like this low functioning in society kind of guy who arguably didn't let his alcoholism like he didn't turn it outward in a way where he would hurt his family he would just turn it inward and be really depressed and be like not present mentally and not capable to do anything good for you so it was just like a it would just leave this void He was the type of alcoholic that would leave a void and then her dad was like this he had a very good job he was an architect He had a lot of money and he had this like outward, it had like this outwardly explosive energy and he would like, he would be, I don't, I don't think he was physically abusive, but it's just like, it's, um, but I think he would just run around and scream and stuff and maybe say mean things and, and. and it would like it was very tough on them and it's so like now i think about it now i go to these 
lots of Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, and I think, and I, I for the, it came back to me for the first time recently since I got sober. I just thought of that guy, and I just, um, I just thought of it, and I, I just saw it in such a new light now, where I just realized that, like, because at the time, honestly, that was that was like a big thing. She would. She also had this, it's also like her relationship with her dad's alcoholism was also completely opposite my relationship with my dad's alcoholism. Because as much as I mention my dad's alcoholism in every single fucking episode of this podcast, and it seems like this is something I talk about all the time, I never used to talk about it. And I was so in denial about it for so long. And I had so much pent up, like, dark, subtracted, denial anxiety, depression, repression going on with that. And she, as you can tell from me knowing these things, she would talk openly to her friends about how her dad was an alcoholic in real time. As she was in seventh grade, living at home, being a kid, you know? She could already talk about it, which is incredible, which is a much healthier way to do it. Much. Yeah, fuck. That's why uh, today she lives a beautiful life and she's a veterinarian and she's like getting married and it's about to have kids and her shit is all figured out and, and me, I'm... Uh, restaurant worker with a podcast you know <laughs> i fucking love my life though it's so funny it's so funny dude because i oh god i really fucking worked through it now i really love my life and it's man that reminds me of how reminds me of how people have this thing that they say that like never really landed with me People have this thing, like people say that you should love yourself and it just seems like these words and I'm never really like that. That's something that just always went into my head and just was like, that's such a fucking stupid idea. And then I was watching this incredible show. I think it's called Coming Out Colton and it's about Colton Underwood, a super handsome NFL American who was the bachelor on the television show, the bachelor. And he had 13 women that he was uh, considering to uh, marry or whatever it is that they do on this show. And then after the show, he ended up with one of them and then it didn't go well. And she actually got a restraining order from him. And then now he's telling the world that he's actually a gay guy. <laughs> and it's like, when I heard about that show, and so, yeah, so Netflix is now doing a show about his journey of coming out and realizing that he is, he is, um, gay. And, and it's like, when I heard about that, I was immediately 1000% interested because Julie always has this thing. She tells me that those shows, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and like those shows, they're actually 
catering to an incredibly conservative Christian audience. As much as there's like, they seem to be kind of like rubbing their genitals and stuff on the show. And it seems kind of raunchy and they sit in a hot tub and maybe they get a little bit drunk. And like the guy kisses all of the girls. And like, it seems really fucking slutty and weird and like just like sexual liberation, it actually isn't. It's actually this weirdly super conservative, like it caters to that group and the producers keep the vibe, this like weirdly conservative ultra-Christian. It's actually part of ultra-Christian religious extremist America, the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise, which is why it's so fascinating to me that the guy comes out as gay because it's like, it's a really sort of like, it's this thing that me and Javi have been talking about on all these episodes now, like how COVID has these like this team thinking, like there is this team thinking where like I'm part of the liberal team. And when Colton Underwood comes out as gay, it's like my team is fucking winning. <laughs> and I get to rub it in their face. <laughs> and this television show is just like he he goes fishing with this like super Christian-y dad who's like also a football coach and like maybe sometimes he was more of a football coach than a dad and now he comes out and he's like dad i'm actually you know all these locker rooms were there where i was making fun of the fags you know i'm actually i'm actually gay guy i'm actually the gay guy i'm actually gay and it's like an incredible show and then he strikes up this friendship with maybe the first out gay olympian I don't know how, what the guy is the first at, but there's something, the guy's a snowboarder. He's a snowboarder. He was in the Olympics for America. He's an American or Canadian. He's an American and he is a gay guy and they are friends. And the guy is further along in his journey of accepting himself. And the guy just says this thing where he's like, have you ever watched RuPaul? He goes, have you ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race? Well, in the end of every episode, RuPaul goes, if you don't love yourself, how is anyone else going to love you? And when he said that, it's weird because I've watched RuPaul's Drag Race because the girl whose name I've never said on the podcast, the girl whose heart I broke, and I've never said her name on the podcast, and I've mentioned that before, and Julie has said that when I said it, it sound, sounded like I was happy about breaking her heart. And I think that's just... I think it's a weird learned behavior from China where sometimes in China, when things are maximum awkward, you laugh and you smile real big. It doesn't mean you're happy about it. It means you're fucking suffering. And <clears throat> I hated how I broke that girl's heart. And I'm not happy about that. And I, I think about it every single day still and I've never said her name on the podcast and I never will and um, she was really into RuPaul's Drag Race so I watched a lot of it and in the end of episode RuPaul said you have to love yourself and it never landed with me and then for some reason when Mrs. Snowboarder quoted it so when I hear it second hand for the first time I like fucking felt it where I was like oh it's like a feeling like you like to be, to function as a human being, you actually have to have this feeling in your heart where you look in the mirror and you like actually love yourself. 
And that's like something I thought for the first time like four days ago. So I'm a little bit late to the party. But like, I was busy being a cool guy, I guess. And I, and I didn't think it sounded cool that you have to love yourself, but and then it turns out that it's like the morning episode, you know, all those things. Like, we thought it was cool to be a bad guy, but as much, you know, as time passes, it turns out that it's not cool at all to be a bad guy. It's cool to be a good guy. Dude, what was I saying? Was I done talking about that? I don't know. There's also this other thought I had that's like connected to the the girl I had a crush on in seventh grade whose dad is an alcoholic. It's like her dad married a lady from a different country. And I did that. I married a girl from a different country. And many of my friends did. Many of my friends have married Chinese women. And and then I think about that and I compare it to my sister who is in a relationship with a guy from the same town where we all grew up. And I think that there's something there. I think that there's something... I think if you end up just spending the rest of your life with someone who is from your town, that person can see you and all of you more honestly. And if you end up with someone from a different country, I think that is an act of... Oh my god, that leaf I just picked off of that plant just turned into like powder on... Oh my god, it's covering all of me. I think there's some cowardice and self-deception involved in marrying a person from a different country, ending up with a person from a different country. And I say that as a Swede in America who has a 0.00 chance of ending up with a Swedish lady from my town. So, yeah, I mean, it's a much bigger risk. The probability of me ending up with someone from where I'm from is small, and there's a bigger probability that I end up with no one and I spend the rest of my life alone. But hopefully that won't happen. All right, guys, I think I have to go make a... Milkshake now? I think I have to go make a milkshake. Also, another lesson from this episode. I thought I was just going to be okay with the fan, the AC just being on, but I'm finding it extremely distracting. And I will never have the AC on again. It needs to be off. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. That's about three hours of podcasting in one day, and... um, 
don't know. It's a mess, dude. It's a fucking mess. But here we are. Whatever. I love you guys, and, and at least you guys are here with me. End of episode 66.